Talk flirty to me. Hello. Welcome back to Talk Flirty to Me. Are you Katana Collins? I am Katana Collins. I heard and you were a famous porn writer. What? No. God. <laughs> Ugh, what a way to start. <laughs> how, long, how long were you thinking of that little intro in your head? Just came up with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you are? A famous artist. <laughs> no, uh, Sean Murphy. <laughs> I actually friend. did just have a book come out today. Oh, nice. Yeah, holiday, little Christmas romance novel. Nice. Do you find yeah. that uh, releasing a Christmas genre right before the holidays helps? Well, this is actually the first holiday anything I've ever written, but it seems to be doing very well. I mean, are you milking the opportunity like to do holiday related stuff? I mean, I guess if you want to be negative about it, <laughs> the holiday boost. I like I I like the holidays. I enjoy holidays. Yeah. So for me, um releasing a book that's centered around the holidays makes sense and right. it's on brand and you're not wrong of course of course <laughs> you're not wrong there was a book called batman long halloween 12 issues one issue a month and of course every cover was perfect for like thanksgiving day issue and uh you know right fourth of july or whatever you know so you, had, you could capitalize and i think that that's partially why the book sells so well even to this day plus it's really well done. i mean i think that that works a lot better as a marketing tactic when you have like a book for every holiday. If yeah. you just have one holiday, then that's just one to two months out of the year that you're making money on that one property. Yeah. Unless you have like a book for every single holiday, right, that's right. not as lucrative. Yeah. No, I have a friend, um, Lee Bromejo, who wrote and drew um, Batman Noel. And he said, mm. every year, here comes Christmas, like cha-ching, just people <laughs> see it. It's, you know, uh, night, uh, what is it based off of? Um, Nightmare Before Christmas? No, the... Uh, Christmas Carol featuring Batman basically is all ah, it is. Yeah. Is Batman um, Ebenezer? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually finished reading it yet, but that's... That's, that's a that's very clever idea. Right? That's Lee? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very clever of you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> sure he listens to this. Yeah, right. <laughs> so today we're talking about um, Batman again. I know I bring him up a lot because when you're doing this for a living, it's hard to, you know, get out of the office, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, saw uh, Batman, um, you Mask said, of the Phantasm. Sar. Sar, <laughs> Your yeah. little accent coming out there. <laughs> yeah, New England. I try to hide it. Um, yeah, so I wasn't sure if I'd ever shown this to you. I, I don't know if you ever feel like I force you to experience Batman or if I, I'm dying to talk about something on my mind. I'll just like blurt it out with you at some point. But I don't know how interested you really are in Batman. Or the movies, or... I mean, I'm way more laid back, I think, than you are. And so when you... Like, you don't force me to do anything. It's... Mm-hmm. If you bring up the fact that there's a Batman movie, I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, all right, I'll go. Like, it right. doesn't... <laughs> I'm not necessarily, like... Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't feel like a, a labor to go see right, these things right. with you. Um, well, so I have another podcast that I do with Clay about this... That Batman the Animated Series, which is correct. huge for me. Yeah. Um and one thing I can talk to you about that I can't really talk to him about is um, when, what was your experience with Batman before you met me? And when did you first hear me go on about Batman? And like, when did you realize I was this into Batman? Oh, God. So when did you first experience um, Batman? When did I first experience Batman? I don't know. I mean, probably before you. Like, I knew he existed. So you heard of Adam West? <laughs> I had not heard of Adam West okay. so before you. Aware. you. So you were born in 83. So the yeah. Adam West stuff was kind of <gasps> off your... Don't tell people my age. 
<laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> it was a little off the radar for you. But yeah, like I, I don't know that I had ever seen the animated series before you. I, that, that doesn't surprise me either. No. But um, Tim Burton. Well, we've talked about this in other episodes as well, that I, I'm really bad at seeing movies, like especially as a child. I did not see a lot of movies as a kid. And, you know, for family movie night, I was like very... Mm-hmm. Um, I ADD isn't the right word because I'm not like diagnosed ADD, but like I couldn't just sit and watch a movie. Right. So my family saw all these movies and I would be in the room Mm -hmm. while they saw the movies, but I never actually watched. Um, So Batman was one of those with the Michael Keaton. Yeah. (laughs) The Michael Keaton. I don't know why I said it that way. With Michael Keaton. (laughs) With the Keaton. With the Keaton. (laughs) Uh, So like it was on in the room with me. I just didn't necessarily watch all of it. It was also a really dark movie and i don't think your parents would have i don't think you would have been interested in it honestly yeah uh in 89 you were six years old my guess is if you had seen it your brother Bo would have probably recommended it to you later on yeah i I mean but we all watched movies together right uh, unless it was like a really adult movie and then my parents watched it after we all went to bed um so it's possible that they watched it after i went to bed but It's also possible, like they know I didn't. They knew I didn't pay attention, so right. they put shit on all the time when I was just like, la la la. Like, right. <laughs> they had a lot of faith in your abilities to absorb your surrounding environment. To ignore my surrounding environment, yeah. Um, um, so I mean, like I said, I I had certainly heard of Batman. I just I don't think I ever saw any movies, right? Um, or anything. Um, so when you and I met in college. I um, I remember having this sort of maybe before I met you, crisis. Like I wanted to get into comics. I'm here at an art school, majoring in sequential art. Um, the industry as I knew it in 1999, 2000, 2001 era had dried up. Comics was just you know Marvel had collapsed in the 90s, bankruptcy, whatever. Um, and I just wasn't reading as many as I used to. Um, and I, the only things that stood with me that stood out as like high quality marks, high bars of high quality for me were movies like Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, whatever, and this cartoon. And, um, I remember talking to my friends at the time. Wait, did we, what cartoon did we talk about? The animated series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and this movie had there's like several out. cartoons. Right. Or at this point, were there no other Batman cartoons? Uh, there was some stuff, of, uh, Justice League cartoons in the 70s and 80s. Okay. But this was the first Batman cartoon that was written for adults, kind of, but marketed to kids. Um, and this was the one that me and my friends all locked in on. And I wasn't sure for a while if it was just, you're at, you're at the right age, mm-hmm. and you just watched it, or if it was actually something different about this. Like... In a thousand years, when we look back on Batman, is this still going to be the high mark? You and your friends when you were in college, in college reflected back and you had all locked in. Not like your friends at the time. Right. Okay. No. I didn't have any friends that were into comics when I was growing up, honestly. Yeah. Me neither. So. <laughs> yeah, you had those really awesome That's actually 100%. That's not true. I had lots of friends who were into comics. I would have loved to have had those friends. Like, no yeah. one I knew liked you know, the Rocketeer or the Phantom or any, you know, Batman. Now I did see the Rocketeer when I was a kid. I remember watching that. That's kind of a, that's calling appropriate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't remember the cartoon at all? The animated, when I say the cartoon, I mean the animated series. No, I don't think so. I don't think I ever saw that. I mean, I I certainly remember seeing like the, was it the 60s cartoon? Mm -hmm. That's the Adam West one. It wasn't a cartoon. It was a 
with like the campy like yeah Yeah. that that's the adam west one oh okay and i think anyone watching um nick at night or whatever would have happened across that at some point yeah like i don't think i ever sat down and watched it right. uh, like a lot of episodes but i'm sure i came across it that's what or, I like meant. my okay. dad saw it and and talked yeah. to, i don't know i just i never yeah yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> i thought adam west was the animated series guy but that's kevin something yes kevin conroy, conroy. Right, you're earning back some nerd points right now a lot of people are yelling <laughs> at their radios right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so no when... one's listening to this on a radio show <laughs> i'm just gonna keep sticking with that joke old school uh, so when you and I met in 2001, um, did I mention this series at all or have you watched it or? Yeah. God, that was so long ago. Um, yes, you definitely mentioned the series because you were the person who introduced this to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we, like, we didn't sit down and watch a lot of episodes, but I do think you might've shown me one. Right. No, we didn't, you were in a different dorm. We didn't live together. Yeah. I remember I'd bring over a movie every now and then. Um, I, but like, I think that there was one morning that we were like having cereal after a date night or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and you put it you on. slept over <gasps> before we were married. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think that there was like one morning that you put it on or maybe it was on TV. Because mm-hmm. I, I just oh. very vaguely like recall sitting on you know it was like your friend's futon or whatever <laughs> like it wasn't can even I, a real couch can i say this sounds like a great evening going out on a date getting laid you sleep over wake up in the morning bowl of cereal batman so, <laughs> other than a shitty it's futon the dream sounds pretty good <laughs> um so did i did, so harley quinn um she was the big standout of right. animated series created by yeah. the animated series and uh, when were you aware of her was this in college because oh if it was no then it was probably me showing you a harley quinn episode or something i honestly i don't know because like i if i what if i became aware aware of her in college mm-hmm. it wasn't any life-changing thing right i i truly i don't really remember it being a lot on my radar until we moved in together. And mm-hmm. then I feel like we moved in together and we started like binge watching a lot of each other's shows. Right. And that's really when I think I like mm-hmm. the episode Mad Love where right. I was like, oh, this, oh, is, this yeah. is neat. Um, okay. But I don't like I'm sure I was made aware of the animated series when we were first dating. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not in, to any degree that like was life changing. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I don't usually push my thing on onto you really like i don't i try not to decorate the house with comic book stuff my office isn't really that comic booky when you compare it to some of my friends oh um, i was gonna oh. <laughs> like wait <Right>. what <laughs> well maybe it's gonna get there now that i'm designing my own office <laughs> um yeah i i mean neither of us pushes our right. hobbies onto the other person we just but we're also both open to trying Right. things too so there's right we're I'd, pretty relaxed like i guess what i mean if you compare us to some people i know in comics some artists i know mostly they're guys um their wives are totally um involved with their careers um no that's that's totally not me. <laughs> you know like my husband is an artist works so hard like she'll call the editor like you need to pay him now like the wife is the, uh, like a business manager yeah, a of manager. sorts yeah they're totally you know some of them are totally entranced by their husband's abilities and um, <laughs> i know it goes in i mean too. that's that's very sweet and like <laughs> i us. mean there are no <laughs> not us at all <laughs> there are I, there are times that i look at your art and i certainly could never make anything like that it actually reminds me of the, there's an episode of the office where mm-hmm. 
um, Pam's ex-fiance was like, your art is the best art <laughs> of all the art. That's sometimes how I feel when I look at yeah. your stuff. I'm like, I can tell it's great yeah. and I can see why people love it so much, but it, like, your art right. is the prettiest art of but, all the art. <laughs> so for um, White Knight, um, well, sorry, backtrack a bit. You don't come to shows with me. You well, you don't sometimes you're not rarely a, you don't even gun, the joke I usually make is gun to her head my wife would not be able to recognize my art I don't think that's true anymore I don't think that's true anymore I think like a few years ago that was true but <laughs> yeah. now I think I know your art well enough but right. I you're yeah okay but there are people who are like <laughs> said what does your wife think of the ending of White Knight and I said she's never read it and but I know the ending we've talked it out enough and I'm not saying you should read it and um, <laughs> this isn't me breaking you over the coals don't worry but I, my response to them is listen we live together we you know we're we both work from home like trust me I don't need her reading everything and I do and you don't read you don't my know, books exactly yeah. yeah like that's yeah it's not your thing right well I remember I used to bring pages down to you after I had a set complete and I'd say can you follow this yeah without any words I've read some and, of your scripts. Like right. I've read scenes and kind of helped you. Cause since I am an actor, I'm mm-hmm. very good at dialogue. Like yes. that's my forte. So like I sometimes help you with dialogue. Right. So lately, yeah, I am actually asking for your help more. In fact, for volume two, I'm going to give you the um, lettered pages and see if you can help me um, streamline my dialogue. Because mm-hmm. when I tackle complicated political ideas, you want to make sure you hit all the beats so that the sentences can be very complicated and long. And I really want to cut it down. Right. my... my problem as a writer is overwriting sometimes yeah and where you're really good is cleaning up dialogue where you can say you know what it's good but it's clunky why don't you try this and i'm usually like awesome yeah like that. i'm usually pretty good at natural right conversational dialogue but so, so, so volume two of white knight which is going to be yeah literary. if the dialogue sucks now you guys know who to blame <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like the clunky dialogue <laughs> um yeah so yeah you're right so we moved in together in 2008 in new york and uh yep. i watched gilmore you yeah. watched uh futurama yep and uh yeah eventually the animated series i think was later like but we eventually got to it yeah although but- i don't know maybe it wasn't because i remember sitting on that stupid pull-out couch and like well i feel like we watched it pretty early on yeah. moving in together i don't think it's your type of show i probably wouldn't have pushed it on you like i know enough to know I love this, but I don't think this is for my wife. I knew Futurama would probably be up your alley, even though you had wild resistance to science fiction. <laughs> yeah, I was I was not a fan of Futurama, even though I had never seen it. I just had no desire to watch it. But I, so, so I, I will admit I was wrong because that is a fucking ridiculously good show. <laughs> Colleen, she I asked her once, like, what, I was I think I was talking about Next Generation Star Trek, and you were I said you don't. You've never seen any Star Trek, have you? And you were like, no. And I go, you just don't like science fiction. And you're like, I just, like, the way they talk and they're wearing, like, stupid space boots and, like, uh, <laughs> it's all gray. Usually, it's, like, it's not a very, although Futurama is colorful, but, like, yeah. typically sci fi is, yeah. like, a very bleak it's gray. Dry. The dialogue yeah. is bland. It's just yawn. Like, for you, you just. I mean, I've it. grown a lot because now I, I like, yeah. a lot. and even, like, some Star Trek I like. I, I mean, <laughs> admittedly, the Star Trek I like would get groans from everyone listening because. Right. Guess what, guys? But so, but you, you I like went with Janeway. it. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I knew you'd like Futurama. I know which episodes of Star Trek or Voyager you will tolerate. You're right. not gonna. I'm not gonna come home one day and watch you binging on it by yourself. Obviously. No. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I really liked the animated series. Yeah. Like perhaps more than either of us thought I so, would. So I remember putting in Mad Love maybe a year or two ago. Um, it, was, it had to have been longer than a year or two ago. Maybe you we, we I feel like it was several it. years ago. But the part where, so the Mad Love is this episode that won all these awards. And um, it's about Harley Quinn getting Batman to prove something to Joker. And when she finally gets Batman, to Batman's and Harley's surprise, uh, she introduces, she, she shows Joker. And Joker's so pissed that she got Batman and he didn't, that he shoves her out a window with holding a big swordfish or something. And it's like this really brutal moment where you, like, you basically three-story window like he tries yeah. to kill her he it's like blood out of her super mouth super abusive yeah and it was still a cartoon so it's pg but it was a heavy yeah but the meaning behind it right. was so not pg the idea was violent yeah. not necessarily the action yeah and i remember you actually i heard you go oh my god <gasps> yeah i was it was it was brutal yeah and then is it that episode where at the end she's like comes back back to him right isn't she, that like because she seems to be done with him at that point and yep. then in the very end he like yeah. in an abusive mm-hmm. way because yep. that's yep. what abusers do right like she's just back with him right. at the end so yeah so she's all patched up in a wheelchair being wheeled into arkham and she's like i'm done with him no more and she's using her, her real voice she's not talking like that no. <laughs> but the minute she sits in her cell on her bed there's like roses from him a flower right? and like yeah. a note from mr j and she's like my pudding and she mm-hmm. just comes back around you know 180 degrees yeah um and actually you know you did help me out a lot with volume one even though you didn't really read it um I, no, was, I think I did read some of. You did. You see, yeah. you, you know, you didn't read it from from cover. No, I to didn't cover. read page one to page whatever. But, but if I was having trouble, I'd ask you. But mostly, you know, I was writing um, Harley as this um, survivor slash victim of Joker, depending on how you want to label it. Mm-hmm. And I needed to bounce it off of you, of course, a woman who you know can help me tell me if I'm yeah, going too far. Yeah, and someone who unfair. identifies as a survivor. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So you definitely helped in that. Like I wasn't going to write something where. If you read it, you wouldn't approve of it. So I tried to write it. So like, I think my wife would approve of this stuff. So there it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough too, because everyone is, um, has such a different experience with, right. with that. But So getting to the phantasm. Um, I wasn't sure. Well, I don't. Did I don't think we actually talked about the fact that we were going to see the phantasm, I right? Gonna, I was going to say that. Oh, yeah. okay. So um, uh, I don't know if you'd ever seen it. I own it, of course, on DVD. And I might have had it on the background. So I said to you, hey, Phantasm, 25 years anniversary. They're going to be playing it for one night. Here we are in Maine. So there's only one theater in Brunswick, which is 30 miles north of us, that's playing. And uh, I bought tickets right away because I didn't know if it was going to be You were very afraid it was going to sell out. (laughs) And boy, was I wrong. Spoiler, it did not sell out. (laughs) Even in Maine. But it's funny. (laughs) There's like five of us in that theater. (laughs) I saw a couple of guys walk through the door after us, and I'm... When we went into the actual theater, and I'm like, those are definitely Batman people. <laughs> um, but I, 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 the first time I saw it, and this was one of the things that made you really um, annoyed at my upbringing, was uh, when oh, it yeah. came out in 1993, mm. I saw it in the theater alone. And I can't remember what you said. How old were you in, in 93? Uh, 12 or 13. Okay. I was probably 12, actually. Well, that's a little older than I think I initially thought. But my mother dropped me off to watch it, to go do some errands. And I sat in the theater alone and watched the whole thing. And I didn't think that that was a big deal. But you thought that was really weird. Yeah, I I mean, 
I don't know if we want to get into your parents. Just do it. But like, Just do it. <laughs> I, to me, my parents, if I wanted to see a movie and no one else in the family wanted to see it, one of my parents would go with me if I had like no friends that wanted to see it or anything like they would just they would just go with me they'd be like no we're not gonna just let you go see a movie alone yeah um so I don't know I I thought that was very strange but different we have different upbringings I don't know it's a good question to throw out to our listeners um do you think it's weird if you were a kid 12 13 uh and you wanted to see a movie but no one in your family did is it weird to watch it alone in a theater let us know on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I, again, like it's just for me, if I was 12 or 13 and there was a movie I just really wanted to see and no one else wanted to, my mm-hmm. parents wouldn't just be like, cool, here you go. Right. Have fun. That, one of them would be like, oh, right. Right, I'll, I'll see this stupid movie with you. <laughs> so this is the first time I got to see it on the big screen when I wasn't alone. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I kind of prepped you ahead of time. I said, you know, this is kind of a big cult movie. It flopped when it came out. It was rushed. Warner Brothers decided to make it a theatrical release at the last minute. No advertising. Um, Siskel and Ebert reviewed it and gave it two thumbs up, which at the time meant a lot. Uh, they actually retroactively <laughs> reviewed it because they didn't see it when it had first come out. But a lot of people who are hardcore fans think it's it's the best Batman movie, if not top three, even to this day with the Chris Nolan movies or whatever. I um, okay. Well, that was how I prepped you on what it was. Yeah. And I said, it would be good for you to see it for the first time because you could maybe notice plot holes that I, because I'm so in love with it, maybe mm-hmm. I'm not catching everything. Right. And uh, yep. yeah, so we saw it. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> no, that's not true. I really liked it. What, what would just give me a rating from a, like a B oh, plus? B? I don't know. I'm really bad at, at like ratings because I, I rate movies people hate mm-hmm. high. <laughs> I, I don't know that I could rate it. Like it's, it was fine. It was good. It was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was certainly more of a solid plot, I think, than the movie mm-hmm. we saw last night. You said it was also darker than you thought it would be. Yeah, it was darker, and it was darker than the animated series episodes that you had yeah. shown me too. Like yeah. there was actual like hitting of women, mm-hmm. whereas in the animated series, like they don't actually punch women when they fight them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have to like be really tricky about yeah. how they fight like, like poison ivy for example right. and in this like they were they were hitting women right. and like people died which that's the other thing in the animated series which n- never happened yeah no one all the men the group of men that sh- that oh, the phantasm was killing one by one with the smiles like they were poisoned and they were smiling one of them was poisoned and smiling yeah. but then um it's not no, clear if they're dead though no it is in the newspaper that's why i was so shocked it's like the newspapers are reporting on the fact that batman because they think it's batman is killing for the first time and it's like these these four like mobsters are one by one dying holy shit i totally didn't no that's where i was like holy shit they're like killing people (laughs) like that's not an animated series thing to my knowledge so standards and practices i think it's called Mm. you know in the tv regular series batman goes out of his way all right, male never characters to go kill. out of their way yeah. to not hit women. He can let women, ca- yeah, female yeah. characters, hit other female characters. He can get out of the way and make them fall, but he can't hit them back. Right. Um, and in this movie, he can't. Or no, not him. I don't Joker. know if... Yeah, Joker he doesn't. Yeah. But um, but yeah, Joker hits a woman. And of course, Joker hits a woman. Right. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, like so... And again, it's like not Batman who's right. killing anybody, you're obviously. Right. No, but, you're right. The newspapers, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, so like those characters um, definitely died. And her her father. Right. I mean, obviously, guys, if you're listening to this, spoilers. Like, yeah. we're about to spoil the whole years. movie. 25 <laughs> but, years. Like, 
You had 25 years and also 25 minutes to turn yeah. off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and like her dad dies. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Yeah. So uh, I actually uncovered this while I was doing some research. Um, Warner Brothers was really trying hard not to spoil the ending when you find out that the phantasm is Andrea Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And they approved the toys to be made for this movie by Kenner. Mm-hmm. And the toys were released five weeks before the movie. Mm-hmm. So if you bought the phantasm toy with a removable mask. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you knew that. Good who, job, who guys. The yeah. What the hell? It's funny. That's just such a thing that happens in comics. Like, yeah. And, and I'm sure in a that's lot of just like one hand not talking to the other, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's not the first time that's happened, guaranteed it. You, you, know, you try to cover your bases, but what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, one thing that stood out to me was, well, first of all, I love the movie, but reading about the cult status that it has, I think it might be slightly overrated. It's great, but I could name 10 Batman animated series episodes that are much tighter, much better, yeah. almost flawless. And this does have flaws. I just love it. I think they should do more of these. You know, I would kill for a sequel. Um, but one big thing that jumped out of me was Andrea Beaumont. She she apparently took courses on how to fight. Yeah. Or, <laughs> how did they word it? Oh, God. What did they say? I took like... Self-defense courses for women? Like, yeah. Self-defense for women. Yeah. Like, not just self-defense. You had to specify that it's... For women. So there's a scene where... <laughs> Which I guess is a thing that me, exists. Let me but, give it some context yeah. here. So Bruce is... Uh, it's a flashback. Bruce is in his 20s, and he's hot on this woman named Andrea. He's out in his yard in his karate gi doing karate, or whatever he called it. <laughs> and uh, she comes by, and she's like, oh, gazoom type. And he's like, oh, this is no laughing matter. This is very serious. And suddenly, she like flips him onto the ground right. on his back. And she gives him a wink, and she's like, um, oh, so-and-so's school for self-defense for women or whatever it was yeah something along those <laughs> yeah. lines and again it was and just, i heard you groan next yeah i was like oh <laughs> um because she easily just could have said self-defense, self-defense classes right or but in, or she could take karate too right. like it doesn't or what is it karate, karate <laughs> I know. well you know in a context and you already agree with this in 1992 for a cartoon that's generally for boys to have a, to really go out of your way to make sure the female character is empowered and can <clears throat> kick a lot of ass too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's already it's fine. Its, time. it's fine. In I'm not. I say that I <laughs> I say this like tongue in cheek as a laughing matter. Like I get yeah, it. Yeah. It was twenty something right. years ago. Right. But you know, in the moment of just like self defense classes right. for women, <laughs> like so it was I, like ah. <laughs> I always read that as like okay, so she probably went to private school, girls only, and they had self defense courses. And, you know, men are dangerous. They're the, as, you know, as Louis C.K. ironically said in hindsight, they're the mm. biggest threat to women in the face of the planet, whatever. Yeah. And why wouldn't you have a course for women? I mean, I, I didn't register No, they register do. And, and being... those courses do exist. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. but it was just like, uh, but there was no need to even right. say that it was for yeah. women. But I, I have friends fine. who would agree with you 100%. <laughs> I know friends who too are burned out on PC culture and they might roll their eyes at you, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It, yeah, it's no, I, again, it's like, Emma, I'm not going to sit here and like yell at anyone for using that phrase. Right. But, um, so, but so not only does she know how to fight a little bit, she's also apparently decent, as good at fighting as Batman because as the Phantasm, she goes toe-to-toe with him a few times and she manages to hold her own. Not to mention that, 
She has like smoke effects as a superpower. Yeah. Or like bullets magical. disappear. She just, just yeah, like she's got for like, no reason. <laughs> yeah, so and they never tell you how she managed to get all these powers. Yeah. She's not a they superhero. They never explain it. They never I mean, she's able to like disappear in a cloud of smoke right. and they never yeah. address that. That always bugged me. And when I look at reviews of this, all I hear are people talking about how the movie's flawless and this is better than Chris Nolan's. Flawless. Batman. Oh, I think, that is come on. No. Yeah, that's a big hole right there. Uh, and you could have easily have fixed it with a quick line of like her dad made her mo- his money in um, special, know, effects. special effects yeah. or something. Yeah. Or, or like my idea was that she worked for the World's Fair. Right. And oh, she was yeah. an engineer or like they had That's like right. a World's Fair type thing. Oh, I'm sorry. The cat just hit the microphone. So, uh, um, you know, fuck off. <laughs> you know, the cat never honest. wants to be Suddenly near us. She wants to be social. <laughs> no. Hi. Um, yeah. So my idea was that um, so Andrea and Bruce have this date at the essentially what's supposed to be like the Chicago World's Fair. And they're like riding these rides together and it's like all pointing toward the future. Um, and my thought was like she could be an engineer or someone who worked at, in like robotics right. for that. And yeah. that would explain her extensive knowledge about these sort of like tricky things that yeah. she's now using as the villain. And what I love is in the flashback, her and Bruce go, like you said, on a date. And he sees the original prototype for what he will make Batmobile. And she could see some stuff too. And then they both could be inspired by this World's Fair. Or she's like, and, and, what do you call it, like a Disney engineer? Imagineers? Uh, an Imagineer, yeah. yeah. She could work there. Or she could say to Bruce, you know, come by. You know, we're working on this thing. I have this installment. I built the house of the future or whatever. <laughs> come check it out. Right. Or maybe she helped build the Batmobile, like something. And it wouldn't have been that hard. I think it would have solidified a lot in the story. Mm-hmm. There's a great point I think yeah. you made about that. Yeah, because otherwise it's just, it literally looks like she's right. magical. Which she has never been magical in the flashbacks, so it's very confusing. You could ever say that she went to engineering school for women. (laughs) (laughs) No? Good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Oh, there's also another big problem with the movie that I never noticed was um, Batman. The Phantasm has essentially framed Batman for murder. Mm -hmm. Batman never clears his name in the movie that's true in the very last shot he's on a building he sees a bat signal and he just goes back to business as usual yeah well i'm trying to think did did it's, he it's, never clear his name like there's no not. one who ever sees that she's that was, he's not the one who murdered all no. these people you assume huh. that they did it off camera or whatever but yeah. yeah i've seen a couple breakdowns and they're all hammering because batman returns with michelle pfeiffer and danny devito had the same problem hmm. he was framed he never cleared his name and that actually goes to another point about where the movie is slightly flawed is Batman isn't actually making a lot of decisions in the plot. So he becomes Batman because Beaumont leaves him mm-hmm. at the beginning. He doesn't choose to leave her to be Batman. Uh, and then at the but second wait, time... Wait, 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 wait. He was already Batman. He was sort of leading up to it. He was out on patrol. He had a hammer and like a mask, but he wasn't like quite Batman yet. It, uh-huh. was, it was before the costume came. Okay. And Andrea left him and that's when he finally... Put the costume on in front of Alfred. Oh, that was my other issue with the movie. Sorry to jump. No, please. Um, so when they reconnect, so they they're like, you're not really sure in the earlier part of the movie what happened with them. You know that they were a couple. It's mm-hmm. obvious they broke up. The movie leads you to believe that Batman or Bruce broke up with her mm-hmm. because she's like pissed. Right. Like there's a point where she's like looking at Bruce Wayne's picture in a magazine and she like throws it on the floor or whatever. Right. And it's it makes it seem like she is just a 
like she had her heart broken. Right. And and she's mean to him. Like she's really right. mean when they meet up. Right. And so it's just everything points to signs that Bruce ended the relationship. Right. When we come to learn this bitch walked away. Like, yeah. She left him and she's like yeah. really angry at him for no yeah. reason. He didn't do anything. Like, right. He did nothing. He was like, he proposed to her. Right. And, like, <laughs> and yeah. like, I don't know. Sometimes women are like that. You oh, know? right. Um, <laughs> yeah, at Women Academy, I'm sure that they try to teach women not to do that. The Women Academy? <laughs> WA. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I just, and it was obvious Poor after Bruce. the movie ended that they, they did that right. simply to make you think right. that it was him. And then it was like, shocker she left him right like it was just they it was very like puppet yeah. mastery yeah no and you're right and then the second time when she comes back to gotham she sort of rejects bruce again yeah she actually finds the joker before bruce does like he's always you know two steps behind the villains um and the other thing that bugs me is i just always felt that the joker was kind of shoehorned in mm. I, I this the, to do a movie like this so it was done for direct-to-video, and then I guess Warner Brothers saw some of the stuff that was coming out, and they're like, we need the, this, the cartoons This could success. be good enough. Yeah. Let's do this for Christmas, and we're going to give you no advertising, by the way. Oh, great. <laughs> so when it flopped, they're like, why <laughs> did it flop? Don't you love that? <laughs> I know. It's typical suits. Um, hey, why don't you ignore the cat for a while? I, but she's so <laughs> sweet right now. <laughs> I'm trying to talk to you about Batman. You're looking around. <laughs> the cat is never this nice to me. Give me a pillow. I'm going to throw it no, at her. No, don't throw a pillow at her. I'm going to be the joker. All right, I'll stop thing. looking at her. Don't throw a pillow at her. <laughs> um, oh, lost my train of thought. Well, maybe you shouldn't talk about the cat so much. <laughs> Uh, um, it was Batman is a victim of circumstance, basically. You're saying like, yeah. throughout the whole thing, and Warner Brothers didn't put advertising money yeah. into it. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Pino. Thanks for fucking up the podcast, you <laughs> stupid cat. <laughs> there's there's a lot of like little nitpicky things that you can say about it. Like some of the animation isn't quite as tight, but mm -hmm. I don't want to. You know, it's also hard to re review some stuff because even though it's written for adults, it's still for kids. It's a kid movie. So when they give you a nice when they lowball it and they are give you a nice easy underhanded pitch you're like yeah yeah i see that coming duh you know it's like mm. well dude it's for 12 year olds relax right you can't really condemn it too much for being too on the nose i mean it's right. a cartoon oh you were also saying that you thought joker was just sort of wedged in oh thank you yeah i felt that when they did this you have batman's in it of course we're gonna, i'm gonna see it because i was already a fan of the cartoon i had no idea who phantasm was no right. one did um some people remember this character called the reaper which was a DC character, but otherwise you're leading with a giant movie that sh probably should have the Joker or some recognizable villain in it, mm -hmm. and you went with like a total nobody, which is a risky move, I think. Yeah. Um, and so then I'm wondering if they sort of put the Joker in there just to fill it out a bit, but they did a lot of describing the past of the Joker, though he was not necessarily a comedian, mm -hmm. but he was a, a henchman. Lackey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You see him when he's before, before when he's without makeup. You don't even catch it the first few times, which I which I liked. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't shoehorned in, but I definitely felt. Well, like... I caught it because you elbowed me in the ribs when he <laughs> he was like the driver, and you like nudged me, and I was like, oh okay, that that is someone, and <laughs> exactly. I like kind of stared at his profile for a few minutes, yeah. and then I realized it was the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> they do a good job of hiding him, though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. I mean, I could tell he was going to be someone. Right. But I didn't realize he was the yeah. Joker. Well, the cartoon never actually goes into the past of Batman so much. Mm -hmm. They do for Zatanna, 
in a few other yep. episodes, but generally they don't talk about the history, how we got there. And this movie really dove into it for the first time, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. Yeah. Like oh, that's what you were saying about origin story. Andrea Beaumont is you didn't, I said, why can't they just make her a magician or something? And you said, I said but that's Zatanna. And right. even like, I mean, he did have a romance with Zatanna, right? Yeah. 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 That's true. That would have been the same story. Yeah. Um, well, what did you like about the movie? We're talking a lot about our criticism of the movie. What uh, did you like about it? Um, I so much to love. Animation, the voice acting, Mark Hamill's Joker is awesome. Conroy, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't say enough good stuff about that. I like the CGI opening with the buildings. A lot of people think that that's a they should have just animated it traditionally, but I thought it worked. I don't really remember what the opening was. <laughs> um, I thought, you know, Shirley Walker is the, the composer, and I think she's almost like the character in Gotham that no one ever appreciates. You know, like the big... The, the narrator? What? The the composer. Composer. Oh. The sa- okay. Sound is such an important character in the movie. I think sound and backgrounds and setting hmm. are characters in visual visual um, narratives that are often unappreciated, you know? Mm-hmm. And someone asked me my favorite... Um, you know, villain in Gotham, my favorite hero in Gotham, I'll usually say Gotham itself is a character. Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of a cop-out, but I really mean it. And when you see something that talks about Batman and they don't make Gotham interesting and they don't make it stand out, it suffers, you know? Right. So like with Chris Nolan's movies, I thought they were great, but it was so obviously Chicago in the background, or it was so obviously New York in mm-hmm. the third one. Um, but if you look at the Tim Burton ones, I mean, it's obviously a set they built that's three blocks big it's not it's not huge mm-hmm. but i thought it was more convincing than any other gotham i've seen on, on live action <laughs> the best part of the movie however and when i say best part i mean the worst part the end credits wait what happened in the end credits the song oh <laughs> tia carrera <laughs> i wish i could remember the song i made up after the movie because i made up Ooh. a fake tia carrera song <laughs> it was like i'm in love with batman <laughs> Yeah, I warned you going in because I bought the tape cassette of this when it came out, of course. And the last song was like an opening saxophone, total nineties oh, romance, trashy music by Tia Carrera from Wayne's World <laughs> and True Lies. And it just like I'm glad the producers have enough sense to put it at the ending because it's just like, what the fuck is this yeah, doing in the movie? It was not. It was not on <laughs> brand at all. <laughs> Oh man, I wish I could remember. You could remember the lyrics. I too. wish I could. I had a whole like like four four to six yeah. line driving song. home. Yeah, I think you had me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in love with Batman. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell you if she made the song before, and they offered. Oh, and they, they bought just it, bought it for the credits. Inspired by God. the movie. It's <laughs> awful. Yeah, I think musicians have a, a list of B songs they've recorded, and they're not sure what to do with them sometimes. Is and then Tia when they... Carrera a musician though? Like, does she have an album? Or I don't feel like I've ever heard like a greatest hit from yeah. her. I'll <laughs> no. I'll bet you that song was written by someone else and they paid her to perform her to perform it, and then they had it and they're like, You guys need a song for the ending? Why don't you buy this one? And they for some reason they bought it. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. For some reason. That's that's the key <laughs> phrase right there. And none of these reviews of the movies. Anybody talk about Tia Carrera? Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing about it. Ugh. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is there anything else about Um Well, we did say that like she figured out he was Batman pretty 
Mm-hmm. Like it was a logic leap because like figured out? so he was dressed as Batman in the graveyard gravesite after someone oh, had died. Yeah. And like, OK, first of all, Batman, this is stupid. Like <laughs> you're, you're in he, costume. He's in costume <laughs> in his alias. Your parents. And he went to his parents grave <laughs> and is just like staring at his parents tombstone. <laughs> and if that's what she had seen, then I would say like, yes, that makes sense for why she discovered it was him. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened in the movie. So what right. happened is stupidly Batman goes to his parents grave dumb mm-hmm. and then he hears her at her parents grave and he like peeks around to look at her mm-hmm. and she hears him like rustle away right like it was it was something like really so, so they circular. each have a pension for going to their parents graves and talking out loud to them which is kind of weird um and this is the second or third time this happens but this time he's in costume and he's there at the cemetery to wrap up a murder scene and he's even recording himself and he's like blah 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 you know i found some oh yeah like like, like a 1920s like reporter style so, so he hits stop on the tape and he notices his parents graves and he's like he it feels like he's like well since i'm here i'm also gonna yeah. say <laughs> hey dad hey, he mom. doesn't say anything he just stands there and then he sees he notices her and she just immediately realizes upon seeing him run away from the tomb yeah like he runs away and she sees him running away from his parents and it's like you didn't need that at all it just she could have been there seeing her parents and have seen him staring at his parents like it was so dumb (laughs) he had flowers and it said i miss you miss you mom (laughs) she found (laughs) the flowers freshly placed that would make sense (laughs) it would be weird if he wrote i miss you bruce on his parents grave though I miss you, comma, Bruce. Oh, oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Is that your dyslexia? It might be. I don't know. You didn't see how well because I didn't see the the. <laughs> you ever got like, a get well letter? Love <laughs> I just thought you were saying like I yeah, miss you, Bruce. When your parents say congratulations, mom. You don't ever wonder why are they congratulating your mom? Well, this is mom? the problem with spoken word, right? <laughs> like if you say congratulations, mom, right. it could mean congratulations, mom, yeah. or it could mean congratulations, yeah. mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all about the inflection, Murphy. <laughs> I suppose it is. <laughs> the inflection was off. <laughs> huh. Anyway. You, what did you think of the um, Chris Nolan um, Dark Knight with Heath Ledger? Oh, I thought it was great. I did not see the third movie. I saw the first and the second. Right. <clears throat> so I saw the one with Katie Holmes, the one with Maggie Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. But I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I Super mean, I, dark. I like this movie, but I think that hands down, Heath Ledger and oh. the, third, the second movie are... It's, he's just, he was phenomenal yeah. in that part. And just what the movie tackled, too. The, the scenarios they set up with, like... There were two boats. One was filled with prisoners, yeah. and Batman has to decide. Yep. Like, it goes out of its way to to really tackle complicated social issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Phantasm, but get, I mean, let's be honest, it's not trying to accomplish nearly as much. And I, I don't like it when people unfairly judge something because it's ambitious. You know, like I think if it's trying to be, if it's ambitious, you should sort of acknowledge that it's doing a lot and then yeah. grade it on a curve. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, I but I also think that like recognizing phantasm for what it did in its time Mm -hmm. is important as well right uh when did the michael keaton movie 89 yep 89 and then this came out in 94 93 93 so this was after michael keaton yeah this is maybe less than a year after batman returns with michelle Pfeiffer came out okay and then after this you had to wait till 
George Clooney and Val Kilmer. <laughs> I saw that one. <laughs> did you like those? I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alicia Silverstone played Bad Girl. Oh, that's right. Crotch. And then Sting did the soundtrack. Oh, I don't remember that. No, that's a soundtrack. And Chris, Chris O'Donnell was Robin. They should have brought Tia Carrera back good, for that, that soundtrack. Oh, uh, should herself. they have? <laughs> <laughs> I think The Offspring even did a song in that. I like Offspring. I remember, I'm trying to remember when I realized that those movies were terrible. I mean, I'm not saying they were good films. Yeah. But I am saying that when I was, I don't know, how old would I have been? Like 10, 10? 11, 12. When I was 10 years old, I found them enjoyable. Right. I thought, and I really thought it, George Clooney was a very charming Bruce. Right. Maybe not a good Batman, but I thought yeah. he played a very good Bruce Wayne. Right. You know, I think these, those came out, and I, I don't know if I didn't like them right away as I would now. I, did, I wasn't a skeptic. Mm-hmm. I probably had a decent time. I probably thought, oh, yeah, nipples on the bat costume, whatever. Yeah. I remember Chris O'Donnell looked good. I think he looked like a good Robin. He was, I feel like he was a very fitting Robin. Yeah. Um, more so than maybe George yeah. was a fitting Batman. I thought Val Kilmer was pretty decent. I mean, what are you supposed to do with that script, honestly? You know. Wait, which one was Val Kilmer? The first, the first. Uh, oh, okay. Of those two movies. Gosh, I don't. I vaguely recall Val Kilmer. It's um, who else is in it? Um, Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Nicole oh, Kidman. Oh, she played um, Poison Ivy. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Uma Thurman played Poison Ivy in the second one. Okay. Jim Carrey played the Riddler. That's right. Uh, who was the other one? So who did Nicole Kidman play? Was she Vicky Vale? She was just a reporter. Okay. Vicky Vale was out of it. Okay. And Joel Schumacher, who directed it, I think he's quoted as saying, like, this is, he wanted this to look like a comic book. So Val Kilmer was Batman, mm-hmm. and then George Clooney was Batman in the second one. Yes. Okay. So Schumacher, who directed them both, said, I wanted to make these look like comics. And I felt like, dude, you haven't read a comic since the 60s, because these things are just grotesquely colored mm-hmm. with laser lights. It's just like, one Gotham is one big, like, club scene or something um Tommy Lee Jones was the uh was Two-Face in it remember that yeah okay um but yeah I think it was the second one that came I feel like it, I it would have been better if Val Kilmer had been like out of the way peck every time to, <laughs> oh, to Robin man. that's a willow deep cut right deep there deep cut right there man <laughs> yeah man Val Kilmer he's on a new movie on uh, Amazon now I think I saw it looks like he lost a lot of weight hmm I'll have to check it out yeah it's I, I don't movie. haven't seen that yeah but yeah, that kind of ran the franchise into the ground um, until Chris Nolan came along. And I think um, what he did was he took a dead property. I mean, to us, it's all obvious the Batman's never going to be dead. But to the suits, they might have been right. skeptical. Um, and he managed to do an origin story that kicked a lot of ass. And, yep. um, you know, and then the second one especially, he really got to... The second one was really good. Like, I yeah. remember, again, the first movie I thought was enjoyable. It kind of brought Batman back. Like. Right. I remember thinking it was pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, but it, it certainly wasn't as groundbreaking as the second. And yeah. I never saw the third, but people seemed to hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, uh, for me, it's a little, uh, Gotham's just a war zone and no one can get off the island. It's essentially Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, in the real world, like, how, how can the government allow that to happen? Like, they yeah. should be just landing it's SWAT just teams too bleak, military. maybe. Yeah, or give me too, a break. Yeah, too it's, fantastical. Yeah. It's just a little, yeah, too implausible. It's got yeah. an atomic bomb at the end, and yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's trying to do a lot. Like, Bane was really great. A lot of people hated his performance because he did this weird voice thing. But without who played, who played Bane? Uh, Tom Hardy. Ah, uh, okay. But I would challenge you by defending uh, 
Tom Hardy and saying, without him doing that voice that he does, mm-hmm. you, nothing about that movie would be that memorable. Tom Hardy was the standout, as bizarre <laughs> as it was, you know. I also thought I read that in his contracts he had to play characters that had masks over his face because he's in uh, Fury Road, he had that kind of a similar thing over his face the whole time. <laughs> Is that true? It's not true. Okay, no, that not... doesn't seem true. <laughs> I heard a rumor and I thought, that's, that's ridiculous. And Anne Hathaway was Catwoman. Yep. Yep. I guess she was not that memorable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I, I've, I work with Chris Nolan once, so I don't want to say too much about it. Oh, okay. As you know. Well, we can delete that. Joke. No, leave it. Let <laughs> people know. Like, I work with Chris Nolan. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that's about all we have. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks guys. Check um, out the movie. I think it's available on Amazon or wherever. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Also, if you want to shoot us ideas on Twitter or wherever to, uh, stuff for Some us to talk about. Some show ideas. Yeah. Yeah. We're Always happy to, to take suggestions. And also, we have an email. Uh, I think it's talkflirtytomepodcast at gmail.com. Talkflirtytome. Is, uh... <laughs> is, that, is that the sound? Yeah. Oh, There's a little that. kiss at the end. Um, <laughs> totally a Batman podcast. <laughs> we are not a Batman <laughs> podcast. We just happen to fucking talk about Batman too We should much. get Tia Carrera to do the opening song. Oh, my God. That way, it's got some connection. Uh... <laughs> I'm sure she's sitting around. With yeah, she has nothing to do right, right now, now anyway. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> talk to you guys later. Bye. Talk flirty to me. Talk, talk, talk romance.